So today I am joined by Barry Reader, uh, founder of Dimension Devices and manufacturer of the brand new Chattergeist, of which I am the proud owner of one. And I know that you've made you made less, or you've produced less than a hundred at the moment. And yeah. um, I've got one of one of the first fifty, so I'm like chuffed to bits at that. And on that note. Barry, welcome, and thank you for joining me on Psychics and Sidekicks. Hello, thank you for having me. Um, very interested to uh, have a chat, very excited to get some information out there. Brilliant stuff. And just tell us a little bit about your organisation and what do you do? Is, is it just the Chattergeist or do you do other things as well? Um, so the original idea um, was to have the um, to have a whole range of devices, Um that was the original uh, idea that um, me and my team of three people came up with. Um, but what we ended up doing was actually amalgamating all of these devices into one, um, this right. little thing, a yep. little Chattergeist ch touch. <laughs> um, and it just seemed like a sensible thing because so many of these paranormal investigators tend to carry around backpacks full of things. And, um, do. Yeah, and they, they get quite heavy. Uh, you end up with a backpack full of stuff. Um, so we figured, why not make something that was ultra portable? Um, and that's where this comes from. Um, at 19 grams, you're not going to get much more portable than that. Um, I don't so, think will now. No, definitely not. Um, so the plan now is to produce um, some extensions that go with that. Um, so we've got a few in the pipeline, and I've actually spent today uh, designing and developing, working with a 3D printer and a manufacturer to get some uh, wrist straps and battery packs made. Um, so you actually be able to wear it like a smartwatch effectively. Superb. Yeah. Um, so that's the general idea. Um, I mean, it's been a long time coming. It's been a couple of years getting to this point. Yeah. I mean, it, it, to be honest, though, to look at it, Barry, it, it's a very well-polished product mm. at um, this stage. And, and it certainly looks like, you know, th there's a lot of thought and development gone into getting it to this stage. And you've just mentioned that, you know, that it's, um, it can resemble a, a smart watch. And it does, and it's got that kind of look and feel. It's really, really good. I was really impressed when I opened up the box and I'm very excited to plug it in and have a play. Oh, oh you, you don't know how happy that makes me. <laughs> um, we, the main thing really was making the user experience because I, I, I actually come from a um, digital marketing and programming background. Um, and I've worked with massive clients like Jeep and Chrysler over the years, and user experience or UX, as they like to as they like to call it, and UI was uh, like paramount. Getting it so everything kind of felt right when you touched it, and yeah. get all the menus working correctly was one of the big big aspects of Chattergeist. Um, so you opening the package and being happy to. Uh, plug it in excited to plug it in it makes me so happy absolutely and uh, fortunately for me well, i'm saying fortunately i've got a week off work so i've got time to play i've got a couple more episodes that i need to record for this podcast because i want to get it ready i want to have enough done to be able to launch by the end of august if not very early in september awesome and um, it's mrs b's birthday tomorrow so i can't play tomorrow gotta be a good boy and uh, after that, I'm definitely going to be playing and get my head around this uh, this little wicked device. So that's how I would describe it at the minute. It, it, it is wicked. That it, it, it packs a real punch. Still kind of like lost by the amount of information that it presents. Yeah. Get my head around that. Um, but 
I'm lazy. I don't like reading manuals that much. And when I find something, I'll go, oh, right, right. Okay, well, I'll look at that number in the manual and I'll find that piece and I'll move on and I'll come back yeah. to the manual. Typical bloke, really. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> Funnily enough, the, the manual, um, we spent a long time writing the manual up, um, but we've tried to make it as sort of intuitive as possible or as intuitive as a, as a touchscreen device can be. Um, the original design was to have, it actually had um, six haptic buttons on it. Um, so you could actually feel the clicks and you could navigate yeah. without really looking at it. Um, but it was so limiting. It was so incredibly limiting to just have that, that those buttons and nothing else. So having this, the touch screen, we've got infinite amount of buttons, infinite yeah, scrolling. Absolutely. I mean, it's like what you see now, the visual is one thing. And, yeah. you know, if, if you wanted, I'm guessing based on what you've already just said, if you wanted to make it look and feel a little bit different, I mean, all of those buttons could be full screen, swipe yeah. left, swipe right, swipe up, swipe down, so many options. Well, funny you should mention that because this is something we've got kind of coming up in the works. Um, maybe not in the next firmware patch or the one after, yeah. that's another thing. It's completely updatable. Um, but we're going to be having um, sort of themes of sorts to be able to yeah. change the way the menu looks. So if you don't like having the little triangles around the outside, yeah, we can do it full screen. We'd have it as a list of menu options. Yeah. So that's something that we're hopefully going to be uh, producing in the in the coming months. Excellent stuff. That, well, that just adds to the excitement and the anticipation, Barry. <laughs> so I, I definitely I would congratulate you and your team so far on what I've seen. Um, yeah, thanks very uh, much. You know, it arrived on a Sunday. I was even I was even impressed at that that it was delivered by Royal Mail on a Sunday. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, fun funny you should mention that because the last couple that we shipped that we shipped a handful on friday and they arrived in everybody's hands on a sunday and i've never i've never known royal mail to do that it's incredible <laughs> you and me both <laughs> you and me both mate so i want i want to i'm not going to do a ask for a deep dive because you know it's very new hmm. and i would i don't really want to spoil it for everybody but i'm probably going to do it would be a fake un unboxing now because I have unboxed it. <laughs> but I think I might actually record playing around with this device and, and make it and stick it up on my YouTube or on my socials just to show how intuitive it is, actually, for somebody that's you know, relatively new into this, this whole paranormal investigation game anyway. Um, but, like me... You you now qualify to be a sidekick because you work in the realms of um, of manufacturing the devices that people who do investigations live and breathe by. Yeah, tell me why you got into it. Well, it's a long story, so I'll try and keep it nice and concise. Um, <laughs> so I I I don't know why, but I've always been interested in the paranormal. So going way back, so I'm forty now. Um, so going back to when I was at primary, school. remember that far back? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah back back when i was at primary school i must have been oh, five or six and they had some books in the library and i just picked a few of them up and a couple of them were about ghosts and they're about ufos and uh aliens and a, a couple of things really stuck with me and one of those was um the newbie the newbie i can't remember what they call it now the newbie specter i think it was called and it was a it's a really famous ghost picture of a monk a semi-transparent monk next to an altar um, that's really stuck with me alongside some alien photos as well. And I've always kind of just kind of carried that with me. And then fast forward a few years, I picked up the X-Files. And of course, that's a gateway for many a person. It certainly is. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so watch the entirety of the X-Files um, back to front. And then, um, yeah, my dad bought a subscription to what was then called the X Factor magazine, um, which has got no no relation to the X Factor series. Thank God. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that was just like a, I think it was every two weeks they'd release like a very thin, like it was almost a pamphlet magazine that got delivered to your door. Um, So we got hold of those and that was all sorts of everything. It was basically like the UK version of the 14 times. Um, So I read through those. And anyway, fast forward, 25 years or so and um we started to do our own little paranormal investigations around the town and that around the town i grew up in um and then fast forward again um and i'd actually kind of put all that aside in favor for my career because i was planning to be a web developer and game developer as a budding programmer generally wants to be um and i'd lost a little bit of love for the industry because it was kind of taken the freedom away from the developer and given it to the client so all creative all creativity for development kind of went to the client and i found a bit yeah. felt a bit flat it yeah very much so <clears throat> so i decided to give it all up um and it kind of coincided with a lot of things my mum had recently been uh, diagnosed with leukemia and uh, she died like six months after the diagnosis I'm and then my yeah it's one of those well it's life thing isn't it? It, it it is yeah we've all got it to look forward to sadly sad truth um so yeah and that, and that kind of coincided with my partner and i splitting up after 11 years of being together so everything just kind of hit this pinnacle where i was like right change needs to happen um and that that was kind of the catalyst in a lot of ways um so i moved back down to where i'm where i come from which is wiltshire and uh, started doing a little bit of computer gaming, which I'd kind of left by the wayside for a bit, enjoyed myself a little bit. And I was playing a game called Project Zomboid. It's a zombie survival game. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, oh, I wonder whether other people play this game. So searched YouTube, found a couple of streamers, and started chatting with a guy called Travis, who's known as Net Echo on YouTube. And I found out that he started doing paranormal investigations. And I was like, oh, yep. that's something I've got an interest in. Let's have a chat. Um, so I started chatting with him and he was speaking about this device that I'd never heard of called the Ovilus. And this was about two and a half years ago, two years ago, give or take. Yeah. And um, he was explaining how it works and how it takes environmental readings and converts them into communicable text um, for the investigator to read and derive meaning from. I was like, oh, I've got some robotic stuff because I bought myself some sensors and some electronics. Yeah. I can, I'm sure I can make something like that. So I got my little breadboard out, my soldering iron, and put a cheap Nokia 3310 screen onto the breadboard and uh, basically made an, an Ovilus clone, which measured uh, EMF and spat out some words. It was uh, really tacky. I've got some photos somewhere. Um, and that's kind of where this all come from. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I could definitely refine this, make it a bit better. And then over two years, it's become into this whole this whole business startup, which is not what I was expecting at all. Fantastic. That's, that, that's a great story. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking back to the Nokia's, you know, it's like <laughs> you're taking me back in time a little bit there as well, even with that. And, and oddly yeah. enough, I was watching him on YouTube this morning. <clears throat> Who? Net Echo? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a fascinating chap. He's very, he doesn't embellish anything. He doesn't over-sensationalise. He just yeah. do, does what he does and enjoys it. 
I love it that way as well. And and that's um, I mean, for for your benefit, from my background is I've, I've grown up being a skeptic pretty much most of my life. And my nan used to go to spiritualist church. My mum went to spiritualist church. I was not bothered. Yeah. Um, heard one or two stories. Probably had a couple of things happen to me that you might say were like deja vu moments. And never thought anything of it. Yeah. But then about five years ago, I, uh, I saw this guy called Andy Beasley. And so me and my wife were both adult instructors for the Army Cadets. And we saw oh, okay. Andy. And he, he was the entertainment for the night. And I was absolutely blown away. And thought nothing of it. Met up with him a couple of times at other events. Uh, one morning, the cadets, uh, another couple outside of that. And then last year, just got talking to him about, I run a community media company. Um, so it's community radio, essentially, but we're looking to expand. Um, we're doing some podcasting training this year and uh, and next year. Um, hopefully, to start of a program of doing that uh, as a community thing. And uh, I was like, why don't we get you on the radio, Andy? So we got talking about that. And then at the turn of the year, we basically a couple of little changes that went off with us and we ended up working with him and, and pretty much supporting him. So I'm, in, in the loosest sense possible, I'm his, I'm his tech support, <laughs> which basically means I mic him up, I record it and I edit it and we share, we share it. So one of the, I think it's fairly unique around us is that um, when somebody's got a reading from him, they can have that as an MP3 um, oh, awesome. you know, th- within a couple of days and so they've always got a record of it then they can go back and remind themselves of what what they learned that night mm. and um it just it grew arms and legs and then it became this psychics and sidekicks podcast yes and that's where we're going so we're launching hopefully at the end of august if not early september and um yeah you'll be in our launch pack mm. and i think it's brilliant one one thing as you mentioned in the email actually uh you know, things were aligning that me with a fledgling podcast, you with a fledgling business, yeah. um, just literally stumbling across each other. And now we're yeah. doing this and, and you're going to be in the in the launch pack. So yeah, that's, wonderful. I think that's really good as well. well. I'm definitely excited to be part of that. Definitely. Um, yeah, it's funny how things align like that. It's like this similar thing with Travis and his, his, uh, his paranormal investigation. Mm-hmm. And the same yeah. goes with my mum in that as well. And it's funny, actually, you mentioned that you used to be a skeptic because I kind of, when I first, going back to the X-Files, when I first watched the X-Files, I always considered myself a bit of a molder. I was always more of a fox molder. I believed everything. And as I've got older, I've kind of lent more towards the Dana Scully side of things. And I always try and debunk before I can... uh, Yep. Before before I believe anything, basically. And it's gotten to the point where... The UFO videos are a great example where everything can kind of be disproven. And when it comes to ghost things, um, I was very much a, a heavy skeptic until um, Travis asked me to uh, record some. Well, I think I asked Travis, actually, I can't remember now, but I recorded um, some audio clips of him when he was doing a live stream. And there were things on there that I just could not explain, which then led me to go. Um, Back where my um, back where my dad lives in uh, back in Wiltshire, they've got an old mental asylum, and it, it it's now a residential home, I think. Um, but they've got an old graveyard that's down in the valley right next to it, yeah. and um, 
allegedly, according to local mythology, um, there's hundreds of people still buried underneath it. And it, it, they used it since the ninth century, I think, and it's been repurposed and repurposed over yeah. the years. Okay. So I thought I'd go down there and go and have a little gander. And I didn't make it very far at night because it's I was by myself. And I'm, <laughs> yeah, and I and I am a bit of a chicken. All, all truth be told, um, but I stood just uh, just inside the entrance and did, did little EVP session with my little dictaphone. And um, there was a growl on the EVP, which I have saved because it threw me through a loop. Um, and when I played it back, I could not work out what that was. And I've matched it against badgers and foxes and all the local wildlife. It's nothing. So I've got no idea what that was. But ever since then, I've just kind of been hooked again. Back back to back, back when I was a child looking at ghost books, it's kind of brought me all the way back. So it's, it's funny how that skeptic arc kind of has come back. Yeah, I mean, I describe myself as openly curious right now, yeah. in yeah. that I'm, you know, I, I will always look for the logical explanation. Yeah. But having spent a fair bit of time with Andy now and listened to some of the things he comes out with when he does his mediumship nights, the level of detail. Yeah. It's like there's definitely, you know, it's absolutely not cold reading. You just could not go yeah. to that level of detail cold reading. Um, and that was really just what. What has opened me up to it even more in the, I would say in the last eight or nine months. Yeah. I've just become more and more open, but I'm not a, right, everything is this and everything is that. It, it is, everything's there to be explained. And yes. who are we to think that we're the only ones? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I, as I've got older as well, I've, I've become more of a believer in things like the Akashic Record, if you have a knowledge about that at all. Um, so it's basically the knowledge that all human information is is stored in the ether, if you want to call it the ether. And some people can just tap into that and just bring ideas. Well, I mean, this is kind of where ideas come from. Like you think yeah. of an idea, you then create the idea. It's come of, come from nowhere, really. It's come from right. within you. And whether our brains are like an FM radio, they can just tune in and pick those things out. It could very I well usually, be. I usually think of an idea just after it's been done. <laughs> you've got to be a lag I mean, on your I, radio <laughs> there must be because i remember driving um I, i've i've always traveled a lot in my work um you know sort of peripatetic management or working away on, on a contract and um you know and sort of traveling on a monday traveling home on a friday type of thing and i just had this thought one day i was driving along the road and i'm thinking you would think that in today's era with like leds and all of this stuff that you could have indicators that light up and then sort of light up as a stream of light going yeah. towards the outside of the car. And bugger me, I saw about 20 cars <laughs> the end, before the end of that journey that had it. And I'm like, why have I never seen this before? <laughs> yeah, it's funny, isn't it, how some things you just kind of get in tune with them and then you yeah. see them everywhere. Like yeah. it's all well, it's basically synchronicity is synchronicity in a lot of ways, isn't it? Yeah. And it's kind of the same way because um my partner, um, I met her completely through synchronicity. Um, there was just so many things like we'd talk about something and I'd see a bunch of that thing. And you could put it down to pattern recognition. Um, again, being a healthy skeptic. Yep. Um, but it was just so prevalent and it was so on beat almost every day, like multiple times a day, mm -hmm. to the point where just I just couldn't chalk it up to coincidence. Just yeah. couldn't chalk it up. Me and Donna are a little bit like that. Um, when we were, well, we went out together at college and um, then we separated after just under a year. 
for 16 years. Oh, wow. And then I got an email through Friends Reunited. Oh, yeah, I remember Friends Reunited. And, um, and that was it. And within two weeks, everything was sort of everything that we were doing was undone and we were, we were together. <laughs> yeah. And I've been since that was it, 2002. And oh, wow. the, the synchronicity bit that I'm going to tell you about is we were driving, there's a, where we live, you, you go from our road up to a roundabout, and it forks off to the left or to the right. Um, both roads, one goes to another roundabout, turn right, travel about a quarter of a mile, and it joins what would what is the other road where if you detect the right turn on the roundabout, goes down as a left-hand dogleg and then joins up with this other road. And I never go down that road. I do occasionally now, but historically I never drove down that road. And we'd been out and about somewhere and we were coming home. And just as I drove past the end of the junction where I could have turned left and done this little, ever so slight shortcut to the roundabout, but it's not worth sort of thinking about. And Donna didn't say anything, but as we drove past the end of the road, I just said to her, the reason I never go down that road is because it's shit. It's like, it's really uneven. You know, it, it wants resurfacing and everything else. And, and it's just, it's not a nice drive. And she just looked at me and she went, how did you know that? I went, how did I know what? She says, well, I was just thinking, why does he never go down that road to go home? <laughs> but I know I never said anything. Yeah. And, as, and we, st we still sit and sort of talk about it. We still drive past that road. Yeah. And she goes, you remember that day? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, 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 I love things like that. I love, I love stories like that. But things just sort of, yeah, it's almost like you can read each other's thoughts. Yeah. It's we do. interesting. And, you know, I'm, I consider myself to be fairly quick-witted and sarcastic um, to boot. But we're both very similar. You know, somebody will say something and literally as if we've been rehearsing it, we will both say exactly the same thing as a retort to it. It's, it's frightening sometimes. <laughs> you know, good, you just think, well, if you can read my mind then. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Else, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so to, uh, I suppose, really back to making things, hmm. I'd like to ask a little bit about how these things work. You've I've touched on it a little bit, actually, Barry, um, about the sensors and that. So without giving away anything, obviously, that's, that's sort of trade secret, just explain a little bit because you are also the first person that I've spoken to that's into the technology side of things. And at some point in the future, I do want to kind of do a bit of a deep dive into some of the tech. Yeah, of course. Um, but just, just from a, a basic to a layman, explain how this sort of technology works and how it does what it does and comes up with the words that it's translating yeah, onto sure. a better description. Uh, so basically, um, on the device, there are three main, there's, there's lots of sensors, but there's three main sensors. There's um, an EMF sensor, which is measuring electromagnetic fields. There's a temperature sensor, self-explanatory. And there's also a radio noise, uh, radio frequency noise sensor. Um, so what we're doing with those three sensors is we're taking readings every interval so in the options of Chatterguys, you can set the interval. By default, it's three seconds, but a lot of people like to have it quicker, so we've got a one-second option. So every second, it's reading those three sensor, sensor readings and then aggregating those into an average. Um, and it, then every new reading, it then assesses the current reading and 
compares it against the average. And if the, if there's a fluctuation which is beyond the threshold, uh, which is set in, also in the options, you've got a sensitivity bias between zero yeah. and a hundred. Um, if the sensor reading is beyond that threshold, then it um, will provide you with an output. And the output, if we take one of the modes, we we'll take the dictionary mode. We've got a dictionary of seventeen thousand and three hundred words, uh, which is currently the largest I think on the market. But we're still increasing that, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, and what it basically does is it takes the reading from the fluctuation. Let's so let's say the EMF fluctuated the most. It would take the sensor reading from the EMF and it would add the temperature onto that and add the radio frequency noise onto that and it creates a random seed. Um, and then that seed is then paired against a random number generator. And the random number generator is actually a true random number, so it's completely unpredictable and it can only be uh, paired with the sensor data. So you, you can't really recreate it. Yep. Um, and all those that then put into the seed, it picks uh, a random selection of words, anywhere from one to five words from the dictionary, and it will then pop them out on a screen um, alongside with a ran- alongside a random number. And what this means is, say you got three words, hello there, Barry, for instance, on the screen, um, and then the next sensor reading, you got Barry again that would mean that the same fluctuation has taken place. Um, so it gives um, it gives potential spirits and entities a way to affect temperature, radio frequency, noise, and EMF as a way to get those words up on the screen. So if they do something to the device or something comes near the device or something affects the device and it brings out Barry as a word, um, then they know that they can do that again and bring Barry out again. Um, and that's kind of a reproducible result. Um, but it's also kind of unpredictable as well. Um, mm. So what, and, uh, it's an interesting way to do things. And I'm not sure whether that's how other devices do it, because most of the devices code are all locked down. So we've created this sort of, again, from the ether. Um, but another mode we've got on there, the drawing mode, the canvas drawing mode, it does things in a slightly different way. So it, it will read all the sensors and create the seed but the seed is used to generate colored pixels on the screen yeah and then there's a a percentage chance when it draws a pixel that the next pixel will be the same color and those and that chance again is based on the fluctuation of the sensors and it ends up drawing this little um, image on the screen and there's a dis i would say disproportionate amount of human shapes that come out of that and the way I've explained it to you is exactly how it works. We haven't programmed it to generate human shapes. It just puts squares on the screen and then puts a, like a blurring filter over it so you get more of a, a sense of what that should be. Um, and there's a disproportionate amount of human shapes, but not just human shapes, pitch black human shapes, um, which we've termed shadow people. Um, and it's quite unnerving. I've got a handful of screenshots that I've had during testing and out in the field. And people who have bought it have also had similar shapes come out. And I have no idea how that happens. Um, as the lead developer and the lead programmer of the device, it's beyond me. <laughs> Absolutely beyond <laughs> me. Um, I'd love to know how it does it. I really I've, would. I've certainly had some of those shapes as well. Yeah, um, I have got a question about it, but I'm going to ask you that question offline. 
Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's that's just a little bit more technical, and I, I don't want us to be going into stuff like that on here. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so that's that's good. What other devices have you got experience of then? So what what was your go to device, for example, before you thought, "Look at this! I'm going to make my own." I mean, traditionally, as I said, I'd not heard of the Ovilus at all uh, or any dictionary based system prior to yeah. talking to Travis. So it was something that was completely outside my wheelhouse. Um, but my go-to device um, was an EVP recorder. Nice and simple. And you're not going to get much more simple than that. Record things and play them back. Um, there's something genius in simplicity. As much as I like um, Chattergeist and everything we've managed to put in there, something as simple as a cat ball, um, if you know what a cat ball is, yep. um, so, something as simple as that is is genius and simplicity you leave it on the floor if so if it moves it lights up i love that idea and that's actually something we're going to be producing with chattergeist we have something we've termed the weagle kind of like a weeble wobble but a weagle yep. and we're going to pop it on the top of like a weighted egg shape and then you can leave that on the floor and if it moves it'll draw a little graph of how it's moved on top and that's one of the extensions we've got so, in the mix at the moment um so Nice, simple things, things like I've never used a Ouija board. I'm a bit, yeah, a little bit I, wary of I've those. I've looked at the Ouija board. I've, I've never used one, so I don't even know what to say to it or do with exactly. it or whatever. So <laughs> I've, I've, I've no I've, idea. Yeah, I mean, I've seen The Exorcist. I'm okay. <laughs> I've, not, I've not looked at that bit on your manual. Um, same, I mean, yeah. same with the eight ball as well, to be honest. Yeah. I'm not really, you know, I'll add a little tinker, but I'm not dug into it. I've not tried to do it as a test it's just a right oh it's on what's this what does that do yeah yeah close that and go on to the next one and um, what i do think is brilliant though is the um the history option yeah. because andy has a hexcon oh yeah hexcon yeah yeah or um said so like a i think is is it british designed i think alternative so, yeah. to the ovilus um and that's great He's got like a little rig where you can put it, you can put a camera on it, uh, like a little webcam, and, and sort of do it. But the only trouble is the, the screen's shiny, so if you've got lights above you, yeah, um, you get back um, back reflection off of that. Um, but that's quite good. Um, it's got a speaker on it. It'd be better if the speaker was a bit more powerful, I think. Yeah. But just in, in terms of sort of critique of that particular device. But you've got to watch it and you've got to capture everything. And what yeah. I love about this device is is it's got so many screens with history in it that you yeah. if you miss it and get distracted and doing other things, just scroll back. Yeah, it's, yeah exactly. It's brilliant. I mean, we've actually put in two different modes. Um, the history was a big thing, and we're hoping we can increase that memory-wise because I think we've got 500 entries um, that we can have in there at the moment, but I want to increase that over time once we yeah. op- optimize it a little bit. Um, but we've got two main modes, which is prompt and continuous. Um, so if you've got the prompt mode, the words will stay on the screen until you swipe down to make them regenerate. Yep. Um, or you can have continuous, which was every 30 seconds, you know, just cycle. It just you. resets. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But everything's stored in the memory. And actually with the new firmware that I've been coding today, I've been heavy, heavy coding today. Um, but with the new firmware version 1.2, um, we're going to, we're actually adding the, Ouija um, words to the history as well. Um, so the way the Ouija works is it generally um, spits out letters and letters and spaces uh, again yeah. based on the sensor variations and fluctuation. Um, and once it reaches the total amount that can fit on the Ouija, 
it will then take that and pop it back into the history. Um, so you can just leave that running in the background as well in case anything comes up there. And we've had a few people who have had some interesting results from that. Um, and again, there's no real rhyme or reason for that. All it does is take the sensor readings, again, match them up to a randomization seed, and then pair that seed with a vowel, a consonant, or a space, yeah. and pop them out on the screen. And we've had all sorts of wonderful words come out of that. Interesting. Is, are there any sort of thoughts or plans on making the history downloadable? That is a great idea. If you've got, um, it, on, if you've got it on your computer, just dump it as a text file or something. Yeah, so there are limitations, unfortunately, with the hardware we're using. Um, in terms of plugging into your computer, you won't ever be able to just drag things off of it, unfortunately. Yeah. But one thing we are looking at and we've semi-implemented with the new firmware is um, uh, generating QR codes. Um, oh, yeah. So with the, la with the latest firmware, which I believe is version 1.1, which is what you have on yours, um, yeah. if you find a word that comes up that you don't recognize, you can tap on it and it'll give you a QR code. I've and noticed if, that and I wondered what I'd done wrong. <laughs> and <laughs> like if, I just touched the screen and yeah. um, it, I think I was attempting to sort of slide up. Yeah. And I touched the screen and up popped this QR code. I was like, oh, what's this? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> scan it for the manual again or what? So, <laughs> so yeah, it, okay, yeah. that explains it then. Yeah. So if you scan that QR code, it'll send you off to a Google search for the definition of that word. Um, yeah. But what another thing we can do is we can actually have um, the QR codes paired to the history. So if you scan the QR code, it, it could bring up the entire history um, as a text file or something on your device. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's something we're looking into doing instead of um, being able to download to your PC, which unfortunately mm -hmm. isn't possible. Um, the other thing is, and this is something we have disabled at the moment, uh, the device actually has Wi-Fi built in. Um, so in the future, we may enable Wi-Fi to allow people to connect directly to the device and then access the details that way. Yeah. Um, but obviously, that's going to lower battery life and, and whatnot. But the, other, the other thing I want to stress here is there, there is no internet connectivity on Chattergeist. Um, even if we enable Wi-Fi, it will never connect to the internet. It will act yeah, so as an like access local point. Local device to device. Exactly. Network. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got that with um, a 360 camera. Ah, uh, yeah. I want somebody to make a full spectrum 360 camera. Oh, that'd be cool. That's a good idea. Oh well, I'll, I'll add that to the huge list of things yeah. to look at. <laughs> well, I've got I've got a, an Insta 361, um, the One X. Yeah, and it's getting a bit old now, and I'm thinking, do I start YouTubing out to cut filters off, see whether I can do it without killing it, it completely? It isn't it isn't it that hard to do? Um, as as long as you take the time doing it, you'll be able to do it. It's one thing actually me and Travis um, were talking about is um, he's got a set of polarizing filters and DSLR cameras. And I thought it would be a good idea to have, make a rig to go on the end of the lens of a camera that constantly cycles the polarizer. Yeah. Um, so you get the full spectrum of polarizing, but it's just constantly moving around like this. So yeah. it goes like in and out, in and out, in and out. And I wonder whether we capture anything interesting using that. So that's something we've been it's discussing. Interesting thought, yeah. Yeah. So I've been trying to Jimmy rig servos together to try and, um, try and constantly turn a, a polarizing lens. But it's been an interesting experiment. There's an alternative. What's that? It's a bit heavier duty though. I just <laughs> rotate the camera. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, there is always that. There is always that. But yeah, you need a big servo, big motor yeah, to do that. <laughs> Brilliant. 
Um, and actually, just quickly touching upon the Hexcom. Um, so on our website, we, we've put, um, and I think we've ruffled some feathers in doing it, but we put a device com- comparison on our website. And we've had a few messages from people who are quite angry about that. Um, pri- I think primarily they feel a little bit threatened. And I, I want to I stress, we're not attempting to overtake anyone. We're just creating our own device. The more devices, the better. Um, but Hexcom with the history is one thing that was very important to us is having that historical data available to people. Um, And I think the Ovilus does it as well, um, but I believe it uses an SD card. I've not got my hands on one because they're so expensive. Yeah, Yeah, and that that was the reason Andy went down the Hexcon route. Yeah. Uh, Actually, going back to the Hexcon as well, one thing that we do want to add to this device is speech synthesis um, because it's something our device is completely silent. There's no speaker in it. Um, but it's a it's an option that we're exploring at the moment to try and uh, fit some speech synthesis in it with a speaker, a powerful speaker. Um, so you could actually leave your chat guy somewhere and have it talk to you. Um, but that's something we're exploring. Whether or not it happens, another thing entirely. But it's definitely an option we're looking at. Brilliant. I love it. Um, I want to leave it there, but only yeah. for one reason, and that's to leave something on the table, Barry, because... Yeah. You know, when I set about doing this, my whole purpose was to have 30 to 40 minute conversations. Yeah. And you either, you've either got something really specific. So you're just drilling down and you're going to cover that one topic in, in detail. Yeah. Or we have a moment like this where we, we've quite broadly covered it. We've done a little yeah. bit of the tech explanation, which is really good. But it leaves something on the table and it always leaves me then the opportunity to ask you to come back. Yeah, I've got a lot and, happy to come and back I and think chat some that, more. Um, you know, from, from a couple of other conversations I've had with people as well, they, having had the initial conversation, have been like, yeah, I'd love to come back. I want to do this again. Yeah. Uh, and I think from a listener's point of view as well, without not giving them enough, but not giving them enough yeah. is good because you want that appetite to come back. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and yeah, so, 100%. I'd like to leave this particular conversation at this point and thank you very much for coming on to wish you all the very best with the product. Um, I will certainly be looking out for the updates and um, yeah, be an excited little schoolboy in a sweetie shop again. I mean, we're all just as excited as you are just to see people use it and get people's reactions. We have overwhelming reactions. So it's, it's wonderful to, to have that sort of embracing of the paranormal community. It's lovely. Fantastic. Well, on that note, Barry, thank you very much. Um, It's been lovely talking to you, and I very much look forward to talking to you again. Of course. Well, thank you very much. I shall speak to you soon. 